Good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode 135 of the Ask the Coach Show, where Ping Skills helps you improve your table tennis. Now, 135 can be expressed as the sum of consecutive powers of its digits. Since 135 equals 1 to the power of 1 plus 3 squared plus 5 cubed. Woohoo! In today's show, the drill of the week is called Middle Muddle. In the questions, we talk about poly balls and celluloid balls, the reverse pendulum serve, and coaching very young kids. Plus, we answer a set of rapid fire questions. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, I've got super coach Alois Rosario here with me to answer your questions. Welcome, Alois. Thank you, Jeff. And uh, yes, another good show coming up by the looks of things. Oh, yes, indeed. It is a big show coming up, Alois. Now, interestingly, you know, I was a bit worried about the facts getting boring, but on I've had a few, you know, um, posts of support, Alois. And in fact, Lucas had a really good number a tip. Few. A yeah, few. a few. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> and Lucas told me, you know, I didn't have a good number fact for 134, but Lucas says 134 squared minus 67 squared equals... One, three, four, six, seven. The two numbers you've just squared. Oh, what a coincidence. Yeah, that's really good too. Awesome, Lucas. Love it. Keep them coming. If you've got more good ones, I'll just uh, let everyone know about them on the show. <laughs> All right. Now, Alois, yesterday's Pink Sealers question of the day was, are the World Tour events a good showcase for table tennis? I think I think they're getting better, and I think they're they're on the right track. I think um, having some like an actual tour of where the players are going around and playing, we, we're getting players playing regularly. I think that is the key. Um, you know, I, I do like the uh, the tennis tour. You know, where they where they have basically a tournament every week. Uh, that they can go and play, and probably multiple tournaments every week. So yeah, I think I think it's good. And now just keep promoting the players, keep promoting the events, and uh, let's try and make this bigger and bigger, guys. Yeah, and I think the general response we got from our viewers was, yeah, it's it's a good thing, and especially now they can watch it on ITTV. Um, that's a good thing, also. So yeah, I think it's good, and hopefully it'll just get bigger and bigger. Now, Alois. The Pink Skills question of today for today is pretty exciting. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah. So um, the the, pro, the 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 world tours come to Australia. That's why we're excited. Um, and um, yes, <laughs> and Jeff and I are going up and doing the commentary on Sunday for the finals. Um, so the the competition we're going to have. Sorry, is we're going to ask you who is going to win. The, men's and the women's singles at the Australian Open this year. Now, you've got to pick both winners, but then also you've got to pick the margin that they win the final. Now, the margin being the number of points that they win compared to their opponent. So, for example, if um, if I win the match 11 0 11-0, so that's 44-0, so that is a margin of 44. If I win each game 12-10, then the margin would be 8. So you've got to pick the margin that um, the winner is going to 
win over the loser of the final in both the men's and the women's singles. Can you understand that? If you've got any questions, just put them down on uh, on the blog here. But hopefully you understand that. And Hello. Yep. I think that the people that enjoy the number facts are going to understand that more than the others. That's what I think. Oh, sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and to, to enter, you have to go to our Facebook page. And uh, Jeff, have you already put it up on there? It's up. It's posted. It's up. Okay, so it's up on our, our Facebook page. You've got to go on there and put your um, choices on the Facebook page under this question. So there you go. There's an opportunity. What do they win, Jeffrey? What are we going to offer? We're going to offer a quarterly Ping Skills Premium membership. So go to our Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash Ping Skills and answer this question. And you have to enter before the round one of the women's single starts, which is Alloys. I've got it's it on, here. Yeah, it's on the 5th of, uh, 5th of June. And the yep. first round starts at 11 a.m. Um, Australian Eastern standard time so you'll have to work that out but yeah just get them in before the 5th of june that's the key indeed indeed all right so yeah big news we're excited about the australian open coming to australia or the pro tour coming to australia world tour whatever you call it these days and yeah get on board if you want to win a three months uh, premium membership all right, Alois. Now, to calm down from that excitement, let's move on to the drill of the week, which is called yeah, middle, yeah, middle Muddle is the name of this drill. What does that mean and how does it help us? Middle Muddle. I like Middle Muddle. Um, so Middle Muddle is really trying to work around the middle area. So what you're going to do is the first ball, you're going to get your partner to, to play the ball to the middle. The second ball, you're going to get them to play to either your forehand or your backhand corner. And then the next ball, back into the middle, next ball, either side. Next ball, middle, next ball, either side. So that's what middle muddle is. What what does it do? It helps you to um, practice playing that ball from the middle, which can be a weak spot for a lot of players. But also, it then... Um, gets you to, to watch the ball and to try and make the decision of where that next ball's going to. So often in a match situation, um, the, uh, your opponent will play in the middle and then they'll go out wide on the next ball. So this is a, a good um, match type uh, drill that will help you in a match situation as well. So, yeah, get on to middle muddle. Um, I like it. Um, if you are struggling with middle muddle straight away, what you can do is to start with do middle and then forehand and then middle and then backhand. So in a bit of a pattern to start off with, so middle, forehand, middle, backhand, middle, forehand, middle, backhand. And then you can move on to middle muddle where you're going middle and then, whoa, where's that next one going to? And you've got to react and make either a forehand or a backhand. So give it a go. Yeah, yeah, it's a great drill. And like you said, just that not knowing where the ball's going um, really makes you focus and it's more like a match situation. But then you get it coming back to the middle so you know where it's coming so you can sort of reset yourself. So you get lots of practice at guessing where it's going but you can keep the rally going because you know that every second ball's coming back to the middle. Um, yeah, great drill. We have it in our um, 
we, we discuss it in our training secrets um, course, which is a course for our premium members, which teaches you lots of drills and why they're good for you and, you know, how to set up your own practice sessions and learn and pick specific drills that are going to help you improve what you want to work on with your game. So it's, it's a really good part of the premium membership. So if you're interested, go to pingskills.com and check out our premium membership. All right, Alois, let's get on to some questions. First up, we've got one from Ilya who says, is it a good idea to do regular practice and play matches with plastic balls and do multi-ball and practice with robots with celluloid ones? Ah, this is an interesting one, Ilya. Um, so at the moment, the plastic balls don't really come that cheap. And if you're trying to practice with a whole lot of table tennis balls, I think it's just too difficult with the cellu- uh, with the plas- plastic balls at the moment. So I think at this stage, it's okay to, to do that, to pl- practice with the celluloid balls for the robot and then practice with the plastic balls uh, when you're doing one ball drills. It's certainly not ideal, but it's just a situation we're in at the moment where the plastic balls just don't come that cheap in in bulk. So, yeah, I I mean, I don't particularly like it, but I think that's the way that we just have to go right at the moment. Okay. But if money was no object, Alois, then that would change your answer? Yes, it would. Yeah. So if money was no object, you definitely want to practice with what you're going to play matches with. So if you're going to play with plastic balls, then you want to practice with the plastic balls as well. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. So ideally get plastic balls for everything, but then if finances dictate that you can't, then, you know, stick with the celluloid balls you've got, but then try and still get some plastic balls to practice with as much as you can. Good question, Ilya. I like it. All right. Um, Next up is a question from Noel. And Noel says, hello, Jeff and Alois. So it seems every time I go to a club, the players would like to play with the poly ball. They're like, hey, try this new ball. I see you're using a celluloid ball. Is this something that I might have to buy? A pack or two of poly balls. So a very related question, Alois. Yeah, I I think it's good. It depends on what you're playing competition with. If you're playing competition with the poly balls or plastic balls, then definitely try to get, just go and buy yourself a packet of three or six. Hopefully they last. Um, and yeah, practice practice with those. I think it's it's definitely ideal if you can uh, practice with the poly balls. Great. All right. Uh, next question is from Dakota, who says, I would be led to think that it isn't physical attributes that allow someone to rise above the average club player, but instead go in the psychological direction. What psychological attributes do you think allowed you to rise above other players? Yeah, interesting one. So, you know, like there's, I, I think the a psychological or the mental attribute that is most important is just perseverance and determination and almost a, um, a compulsion to, to play and to train and to learn. Um, I think that is the most important mental at- attribute. Um, then in a match situation, it's, you know, it's just the um, the mental strength, I suppose, as well, to be able to uh, work out what's going on and then be able to stay calm um, and 
keep your emotions under control so that you can play up to your standard as well. So those those sort of things really make a difference at the top level. So I mean, if you watch if you watch top sport, often it's not about the strokes and techniques anymore. It's often about just who can clinch those important points. Um, and you know, and and sometimes when I watch. If, um, world-class sport and it's basically any sport sometimes you can just tell that this guy just cannot win or this guy cannot lose like this guy isn't going to go away he's not going to let uh let the match slip he's going to work hard he's going to just somehow find a way of winning matches so yeah it is such a really important part of um of world sport or top level sport but yeah and certainly in table tennis as well yeah, so a good example of that is tennis where you watch Nadal play Federer and you know Nadal's going to win no matter what Federer does. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Um, but you mentioned, like, yeah, when you watch those, you know, really big matches against two top players and you think it's not about the strokes and techniques anymore, that sounds good. But your first point was that determination and perseverance is, you know, probably the most important um, attributes that you need. And I guess it's those attributes that allow you to even get into a situation where you will be playing a big match in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, um, I haven't seen I haven't seen anyone reach the top in table tennis without having those attributes of just being um, really single-minded, you know, just being totally determined um, to go out there and train and play and, and you know and and really enjoy the sport as well so that's uh that's so so important if you if you want to um progress further indeed all right well thanks for the question dakota really interesting one okay uh next up we've got a question and i'm going to try and pronounce his name from duodona who says do you think it's possible for someone playing with a light blade in an all-round style to be very good and beat the power of attackers. Um, yes, definitely, definitely. So, um, you know, someone playing with a with a light blade or an all round blade, or it's really not about that. And and table tennis is a, is a sport that you can win playing in a lot of different ways. You know, at, at certain levels. So. Yeah, no, it's de- it's definitely possible. It's definitely um, something that you know. It's not about it's not about the blade. It's not about the equipment. It's not necessarily about the style. It's about the person and how good that person is. Indeed, very good answer, Alois. Yep, and we often get people worrying about you know whether I should buy this blade or that blade, and you know if if you enjoy that, that's fine, but. As long as you have some decent equipment, it's not going to be the difference, you know. Just get that determination that we were talking about earlier, that perseverance, enjoy the sport, train lots, and um, as Alois likes to say, good days will come. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Indeed. All right. Next up, a question from Nishe, who says, my reverse pendulum stays within my court. It does not move on to the next court. It has one bounce and turns back towards me. Got any tips here for Nishe? Yeah, so so the reverse pendulum can be tricky. So if your if your um, 
coming too much around, then the ball isn't going to go forward. Um, if you're going too much that way, the ball isn't going to go forward. So it's just about getting the right angle um, of your bat coming forward to allow the ball to go um, or have enough power to get over the net. So it's a lot about experimentation and just finding the right angle of where that bat needs to go to to get the ball onto the uh, table where you want it to. Um, there's there's no simple solution as, you know, this is the angle that you need. Um, it's for you to just go out there and get the basics right, you know, get your arm position right, your wrist right, get the flicking action right, and then you can start to think about where the angle is. It's going to give, give you the best result of where the ball's going. Excellent. And we um, do cover the reverse pendulum serve in our Serving Secrets course for premium members. So another reason to join up as a premium member at pingskills.com. All right. Um, Next question is from Kustab, who says, Hi, in your opinion, are strokes to the corners more effective or those two extremes? Yeah, so what Kustab was talking about here was um, if you've got the table in front of you. So this is the corners of the table. So is it best to aim to the corners or is it best to even aim wider than the corner? So the ball's going off the sidelines. So those extremes can be good, you know, Um, but you also need to be wary. If you open up the angle too much, then your opponent also has the wide angle back at you. So your stroke out to that um, extreme needs to be good and you need to then position yourself well. But it, it, it changes from stroke to stroke. You need to just think about each stroke. Uh, you need to think about each situation and what the best stroke is that you can make there, whether it's to the corner, extreme. And sometimes, remember, playing to the middle can also be effective. You know, we talked about the, the drill of middle muddle and sometimes playing hit the ball into the person's crossover point can be just as effective as playing it out to the wide extremes as well. Yeah, now that's that's a good point, Alice. So having control over the ball so you can place it well is obviously important. Now, if when we're doing drills, we're just always sort of playing just to the corner, um, should we actually in drills sometimes try playing wider just so we get used to, you know, controlling the ball and playing wider angles so we can use it when we need to? Yeah, I think so. I think I think that's really good. And I remember playing um, there was a couple of players, Glenn Tepper, who's now um, one of the vice presidents of ITTF, um, and another guy, Alex Jakubczak. So they were both fantastic blockers. Um, and I remember at one stage, you know, just trying to formulate how to how to play against those players. And I found just by playing just that little bit wider to the extreme rather than to the corner uh, worked. You know, for a little while. So, so that sort of that sort of um, strategy can work. And so, in training, I was practicing, um, not practicing um, playing to a person's back end. I was actually doing drills out to the wider, the wider ball there as well. So, so yeah, that can work. I mean, they they adjust and all that sort of thing as well. But yeah, I mean, if you if you wanting to play out to the extremes, then practicing your drills out to those positions can be good as well. Excellent. Well, it's good to hear you thinking about these things, Gustav. Um, good question, and hopefully those answers, that answer helped you out. 
All right, next question is from Jisoo. So Jisoo is a long-time uh, ping skiller alloys. And, um, In fact, Jeff, I reckon he was one of our original question askers on Ask the Coach. He, um, he was on there very, very early in the piece. Yes, and I remember him talking about when his son was born, and apparently that's almost four years ago, Alois, and it's related to this question. Really? Yes, exactly. And it's related to this question, which is, time presses on inexorably? How do I even say that word? Yeah, inexorably. That's it. You got it. Time presses on inexorably, and my son is almost four years old. My intention had always been to start training him from that age, but the question now is how to get started. How do you start a four-year-old who is not really into following directions? <laughs> yes, a four-year-old that's not into following directions. Yes, I've, I've seen a few of those. Um, so, Jisoo, I, I think, yeah, first first up, as far as the skills that you wanted to um, try and develop is just basic ball control. So, um, just getting him to be able to hit that ball backwards and forwards. Um, rolling is a great idea to start off with. So just get him to, to roll the ball along the floor to you. Um, that would involve you also being on the floor, of course. But, um, yeah, just rolling the ball um, along the floor. Um, or you could get a little table, um, you know, maybe one of the, his work tables or something like that and just, just rolling the ball on that. Or you could... Get him, um, you know, standing up next to a table tennis table. You might have to stand him on a box and um, getting him to to roll the ball across like that. That will just start to develop a little bit of hand eye and you know just judging the pace of the ball. Th- then you can start to do things like bouncing the ball to him. So just bouncing the ball twice in front of him and just getting him to tap the ball back. Um, but it's it's really just about developing just some of those basic um, hand-eye um, coordination skills. But the most important thing is just develop his love of table tennis, you know. It has to be fun. If he's not playing in five years' time or in ten years' time, then, you know, all the skills you're trying to develop don't really matter anyway. You know, so the first and the most important thing is He's got to be totally into the game. Um, so I remember I, I probably started hitting a table tennis ball regularly at, when I was five, and I used to drive my poor mother crazy just hitting the ball up and down, up, up against the wall and letting it bounce on the floor and doing that for hours and hours on end. Um, and it wasn't about, you know, someone standing and saying, okay, you've got to go and do your practice. No, I, I, just, I just loved the the feel of hitting a table tennis ball up against the wall and and moving so so it's got to be a real inner passion and you know they can it it depends on their experiences with with the game so if the experience is that he's enjoying it fantastic just keep him going find nice fun ways uh, to keep him interested in the game and to and to develop skills. Excellent answer, Alois. Um, great advice. And Jisoo, thanks for the question. Hopefully um, you um, take on Alois's advice and your new son, or not new son, your four-year-old son starts to love the game. Good luck with your journey that's starting now, Jisoo. All right. Now, um, 
We've got a few rapid fire questions here for you, Alois, just to run through, all from Brock. So first up, what was your favourite subject in school? Maths. Maths. I, I quite like maths. Maths or computer science for me. All right. Why did you choose the name Ping Skills? Oh, good question. Sitting around a table trying to think of a name, skills. We wanted, we knew it wanted to be skills-based, um, ping, ping pong, you know, that's just that's just where it came from. I really disliked the name at first, Alice, but now I quite like it, you know. It, it's grown on me and I like it, you know. Things change. <laughs> All right. Um, Brock says, I heard rumours that Waldner maybe will retire next year. Is it true? Don't know. I'll go and ask. <laughs> I thought he'd already retired. Yeah, he sort of has, isn't he? But he's still playing a bit. and yeah. But, yeah, he's not really playing any high-level comp anymore. Okay. All right, here we go. Is Ma Long the best player of all time? Oh, no. No. <laughs> no. Okay, good one. All right. Here we are. How can I block a long and fast top spin, side spin into the middle? Uh, what? Uh, top spin, side spin into the middle? Just do that. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it becomes awkward, doesn't it, when the ball comes in there with side spin? So the main thing is to, to get yourself out of the way so you're getting um, some position there in the middle and then just using the angle of your racket to combat the side spin. If you, the side spin, taking it out there, turn your bat. Great. All right. Sounds good. All right, that ends the rapid-fire questions from Brock. Um, thanks for all those questions. Um, next up, we have another question from Diodonna, who we are, who we answered before, and he said, thanks for the answer, Alois and Jeff, and keep up that smile like usual. Um, but he's got another question, Alois, and it says, what do you think is the age when one starts to decline in performance at table tennis? Ah, interesting one, interesting. Um, I think <clears throat> probably late 20s um, and maybe, you know, 30, early 30s sort of thing. I think um, I think that's when you're probably, like physically maybe you'd, you'd start to decline. Um, but, I mean, you can, you can keep going. I mean, Waldy's an example, Samsonov's an example of, you know, being able to play at a very high level. Uh, way into your 30s. Um, interesting that the Chinese tend to retire a little bit earlier, but they've been playing for longer as well, I think. You know, they, they tend to start earlier and hit a lot more table tennis balls in that period. Um, so, yeah, but I, I think physically, you know, into your 30s before you really start slowing down. Mm, yeah, that's a very interesting question, isn't it? Um and like you said, there's the examples of Europeans, Save is another one, and Jorgen Person that have sort of gone on to left 40 and still maintained a high level, but, you know, never quite as good as their very best, I wouldn't have thought. So, yeah, I would, I would have to agree, Alice. You know, sort of once you start over 30, I'd have to say I think you do start to decline a little bit, but... Yeah, there's plenty of examples of people that have maintained a very high level after 30 and, you know, even edging towards 40. So, yes, great I've question. Couple, I've got a couple more good years left in me. <laughs> Indeed. Well, that wraps up the show, Alois. 
everybody. Don't forget our competition where you can win a quarterly premium membership by picking the winners of the Australian Open and the points margin. Go to our Facebook page to enter that. And also go to our website, pingskills.com, to sign up for our free newsletter with lots of table tennis tips if you haven't at pingskills.com. And we will be back with another show tomorrow. So thanks, everyone, for watching. And thank you for all the words of wisdom, Alloys. Thank you, Jeffrey, for all your fun facts. Indeed. See you, everybody.